Good morning, good news. My name is Marsha. Um, I work here in the office, and would you please stand? Join us for the scripture reading. We're continuing in Luke. Um, we're at verse 37. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Teacher, said an expert in religious law, you've insulted us too in what you just said. Yes, said Jesus, what sorrow awaits you experts in religious law? For you crush people with unbearable religious demands, and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. What sorrow awaits you? For you build monuments for the prophets your own ancestors killed long ago. But in fact, you stand as witnesses who agree with what your ancestors did. They killed the prophets, and you joined in their crime by building the monuments. This is what God in his wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, but they will kill some and persecute the others. As a result, this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world, from the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will certainly be charged against this generation. What sorrow awaits you experts in religious law? For you remove the key to the knowledge from the people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering. As Jesus was leaving, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees became hostile and tried to provoke him with many questions. They wanted to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are here with us. We thank you that you hear the cry of our hearts. And, Father, we thank you for the freedom to serve you in truth and in freedom, Lord. We ask that as pastor shares this morning, Lord, that our hearts will be pierced, that we will hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and that we will be receptive and obedient to the Holy Spirit's move today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much, Marsha. You know, Marsha, she says she's, she works part of the team of the staff in the office. She has such a great, amazing, sweet spirit about her. I love to hear her talk to people on the phone and pray with people. You're such a, you're just Jesus all over her. I love to be around people like that. Mihai, my friend, thank you. I praise God for you. Thank you, Pam, for the ministry that you guys are doing. 
as you were over here sharing, there's, there's something that I want to declare over you today. And we're lacking in time, but this is a God thing. God says, I want to pour out a double portion of my anointing upon you. That when you go, it's not only with words, with persuasive words, but God wants to reveal the power of God through you to your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, Good News Church. Great to see you again. Family getting together. So let's break bread. You know, last week, Pastor Drew did an amazing job. He, he brought some understanding to the text. Amen. And you guys are doing such a wonderful job of celebrating. I was going to ask you to stand up and celebrate me, but you guys did that all on your own before I got up here. So thank you. That was great. So, you know, Luke, once again, here we go. And Luke is talking about the Pharisees again. How many of you guys are tired to hearing about the Pharisees? I am. Like, I've been thinking, I was studying through this, and I'm like, Luke, what's the deal with this, man? We've talked about the Pharisees for the last six months. No, I'm just exaggerating, but, you know. And I'm like, why again are we talking about the Pharisees? And, and there's, a, there's a very specific reason why Holy Spirit is ins- inspiring Luke to actually talk this much about the expert experts of religious law and the Pharisees. See, Jesus came to bring a kingdom. It was an upside down kingdom, a kingdom that no human had experienced up to that point. And Jesus wanted to highlight the things that will hinder this kingdom. And I want to share with you this morning, six things, six mindsets or six spirits, religious spirits, that want to hinder the kingdom of God here on earth. So Pastor Jason told me very wisely, he says, six is too many. People do not focus on that. Most of us use only three or four, but we got six. So strap on and let's go. (laughs) So the first thing we see in this text is that this Pharisee invites Jesus for a meal. And we see, wow, that is amazing. Just he's inviting Jesus to his home to have a meal. That is very nice of him. No, actually he's not. Because what he wants to do once again is to catch Jesus on something that he could use against him. As Pastor Drew was sharing with us last week, the same thing. They want to find out what Jesus is doing, find a flaw and trying to kill him. Okay. And that's what we find in in this text. Now, I, I love the way that Jesus interact with those that openly disagree with him. I think we have a lot to learn from our Savior in the way that he interact with, in, interacts with people that do not agree with him. Uh, I don't know about you, but I would not have accepted this invitation. <laughs> I'd be like, no, man, I know your agenda. I know what you're up to. Nope. I'd much rather go eat at home. PB&J. Ugh. Oh, I don't like that. But Jesus just wasn't afraid of that. He welcomed the invitation, and he went. See, Jesus dealt with people so differently. And we know that God is, Jesus was full of truth, all truth, but also all grace and love. And Jesus interacted with, with the Samaritan woman, with the, um, did I say the, the sinful woman, 
Samaritan woman with the, with the Roman centurion, with Mary and Martha, with the leper, with all of those people. He interacted with them differently than he did with the Pharisees and the scribes. There was a difference. So I pray that may God by a spirit help us actually know when we have to be full of grace and full of truth. So the first thing that we see in this text is that the religious spirit wants us to actually focus on the outward appearance instead of what's inside. See, I'm going to share these six things, and I want you to pay close, pay close attention to what God is saying to you specifically by his spirit. Which one of these is the one, my mindset, my religious mindset, perhaps, that I have and I have an issue with that God is revealing to me? Because as I prepare for a message like this, God is doing a work inside of me as well. So let's be paying attention together. Jesus brings this up right off the bat. Why? We see in verse 38 that the host was amazed, it said, that Jesus sat down to eat without performing the ritual, the ritualistic necessary washing of hands that the Jews, the Jewish customs that they were used to. The message Bible says the Pharisee was shocked and somewhat offended. The Pharisee was shocked and offended. See, how many of us have ever been, been shocked or offended in a religion? I have been. See, focusing on the inside is so much more difficult and challenging than focusing on the outside. You know, I remember giving my life to the Lord and um, I came from a background where uh, alcoholism was very pervasive, was the many issues in my family tree because of alcoholism and, and a lot of bad things happened to the family and individuals because of it. So when I gave my life to the Lord, the Lord was telling me to not drink. I didn't need the assemblies of God to tell me not to drink. The spirit of God, as soon as I gave my life to the Lord, say, you should not. Alcohol should not touch your lips. That was a personal conviction. But when I received that, if I knew that any of you were touching alcohol, I label you a sinner. I don't care how much you praise God in here. I don't care how many groups you go to. I don't care how much you're serving. None of that mattered to me because if I knew that any wine touch your lips. If you were drinking a, a, a Budweiser in front of the TV, watching your favorite football game, I'll label you a sinner. I was so focused on the outward appearance. And that's what I was taught too. It's just about the way things look on the outside. Now, we don't have time to go into the details about alcohol and consumption and none of that. But I just thought that I want to give you an example of how sometimes we just care so much about the behavior of others. And we're going to be touching that later in the, in the message. But, you know, so th this Pharisee, he, he finds exactly what he was looking for. He finds exactly what he was looking for. He was looking at catching Jesus doing something that he wasn't supposed to do. And he caught right away when Jesus came in. He didn't wash his hands. Aha, I got you. But he got something else that he was not expecting. He did not expect what was about to come. See, uh, Jesus, I like to call this, Jesus gave him a, a spiritual. What does that mean? All of you are looking at me like, huh? 
I know we got some physicians in the house, and they give you a physical. Get what I'm saying? You go to a doctor and they give you a physical. They check you up physically, see how you're doing. And they only care about your, your actual body, right? Jesus is giving this Pharisee a, a spiritual. What's going on inside? And that's what God is doing with me as I read this text. And I pray that he does the same thing with you. Because like I told you before, what he does with me, I share with you. And that is a great interaction there. So... Verse 39, Jesus says, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish. So is Jesus talking about their inadequacy to clean the cup and the dishes the right way? No. Jesus is here bringing to attend, bringing attention to what he cares about. See. They were neglecting to do some things. On the outside, things look good, but on the inside, they were different. Samuel chapter, First uh, Samuel, Samuel chapter sixteen, verse seven. We see a, a verse there when God is talking to the prophet Samuel, and see Samuel was a prophet of God that first was the one that appointed day, uh, King Saul. He anointed King Saul as the first king of Israel, and excuse me, and. Now, God had rejected Saul. So we pick up the story when God says, Samuel, you go to Bethlehem and to the house of Jesse. And I want you to anoint one of his sons as the new king of Israel. Well, Samuel goes and in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, this is what the Lord tells uh, Samuel. Because Samuel seen Eliab, one of Jesse's sons, and this guy was stunning. He came in and Samuel looked at him and said, oh, this one surely is the anointed one, right? The, 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 the one that God wants me to anoint. So 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. May I want, may I remind you that God is saying this to a prophet and known prophet of Israel and man that have been for over 50 years declaring God's word and he gets it right. And even Samuel is getting it wrong here. He looks at Eliab and say, whoa, this is the guy. And God says, uh, 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 you do not look at things the same way I look at them. God is always after the heart. God is always more interested in what's in here. You know, it's interesting that Jesus then makes that comparison between the, the cup and the dish. The outside is clean, but the inside is filthy. It is filthy, full of greed and all kinds of wickedness. Why? Because it is what's inside of the cup that matters. It is what's inside of you that matters. That's what God is after. That's what God wants to see. See, I, I love my coffee. As some of you know, those people have been talking about my, uh, I don't love coffee. I like it. But sometimes the lines get blurry. Um, so the outside doesn't really matter as much as what's on the inside. It's what's on the inside that I value. I don't care if it's a paper cup. 
right? Oh, my favorite mug. It's what's in the inside. And that's what Jesus cares about. Well, Jesus brings up the whole thing about, you know, verse 41, give, give gifts to the poor and you'll be clean. You'll be clean all over. And so as we're looking at that, why? Why is Jesus talking about give gifts to the poor? Well, it's because he was addressing their greed. See, there was something inside of them. And that something was greed. And Jesus is addressing greed right away. Why? They were tithing. They're giving a tenth of everything they own. And Jesus said, you do well. But give to the poor and you'll be clean all over. Why is this? Because the tithing was public. You could bring it to the temple. Everybody got to see it. See, the giving to the poor is a lot more private. Nobody knows about it. I'm going to give over here and I'm going to bless somebody that's in need. And also, in order to give to the poor, you have to love them. And Jesus is saying, you know what? Uh, You guys are doing this thing right here, tithing. That's good. But you're neglecting. The important things. You're neglecting justice. And you're neglecting the love of God. Church. Let's make sure that we do not. Neglect. The important things. Things that God is calling. Us to do. There's a. Another point. The second. Way. That this mindset, this religious mindset, this religious spirit wants to hinder the kingdom of God. And it's by making you focus on the wrong priorities. And that's what the, that's what the Pharisees were, were doing here. They were, they were focusing on just tithing, but they were not focusing on love and justice. Now, I already talked to you guys through that. But the reason why Jesus is, is bringing that up is because in Luke chapter 18, we find a, Jesus telling a story. He says, two men went to the temple to pray. Uh, one was the Pharisee and the other one was a despised tax, tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I am certainly not like that tax collector. I, I fast twice a week and I give the tenth of my income. That was the motivation. That was the wrong priority. As I said, the whole tithing thing was more public. Jesus was addressing that greed. Was addressing the outward appearance. And saying this is what's most important. You, guys, you have to do what is right, justice. And you have to love those around you. You guys remember that we talked about that a few weeks ago? We talked about the Good Samaritan. Love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus, again, is, is talking about that here. So what are we neglecting? What are we neglecting? How are you and I, how are we prioritizing what God calls most important? See, another part of this spiritual checkup, if you will, was that this religion, the religious mindset, wants you to put your reputation before character. This, this religious mindset wants you to put your reputation before character. It says that they love 
Jesus said, you love to sit in a places of honor in the synagogue and to re- receive respectful greetings in the marketplace. You know, uh, Warren Worsby said this. He said, reputation is what people think we are. Character is what God knows we are. Again, reputation is what people think we are. But character is what God knows we are. See, they care more about their reputation of, uh, uh, than what God thought of them. See, he says that they loved They love to sit in the VIP section. They love for people to give them their high fives, right? See, VIP section is fine and high fives is fine. But when you love that, when your love is for the accolades, for the applause, for the, for the money, for the position, more than for what God desires, then I think we start drifting away and moving towards this mindset. Jesus then moves on verse 44. And he talks about, he brings all the first three, these three mindsets, religious mindsets, and he brings a picture, an illustration to them. Verse 44, he says, yes, whatsoever awaits you, for you are like hidden graves in the field. People walk all over them without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. This is something that was sure to make them, make them angry. Everybody that was in there. See, the Jews went to great lengths to make sure that they were not defiled by the dead. By anything that was dead. And we talked about that some weeks back. Numbers, in Numbers chapter 19, we see that. So the Jews will mark graves on the ground that will be very visible and marked so they don't defile themselves. And Jesus here is saying, you're like unmarked graves that do not look like graves at all. Jesus is saying, you who think that you're helping people be holier, you're actually contaminating them. I mean, this is something that is sure to make them furious. hitting graves and the Lord have have me asking myself is my life a hitting grave does my life attract others or repels them you know as if it wasn't as if that wasn't enough Jesus is giving the Pharisee this spiritual and then described the expert of religious law Instead of keeping his, his mouth shut, he wants in on the fun. I just would have kept my mouth shut because he says in verse 45, teacher, you have insulted us too in what you've said. So I think he wants to be insulted directly because <laughs> he felt like, you know, you just insulted me indirectly. So then Jesus replies to him. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation because I'm a passionate guy, right? Verse 46, it says, Jesus responded, yes, and you are also hopeless frauds. You experts of the law, for you crush people beneath the burden of obeying impossible religious regulations. Yet you would never even think of doing them yourselves. 
What hypocrites. Wow. You wanted some? There you go. You can have some. <laughs> See, religious mindset. This is the fourth thing that the religious mindset wants you to do. And it's take on someone else's religious burdens. This is that, that do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. It reminds me of a long time and uh, when I find my, my uncle in New York and he was smoking something that he had not to be smoking. And I, as a young man, are there and find him and he's like, <coughs> yeah, young man, <clears throat> don't, don't do this. This is bad for you. <coughs> and I asked him, why are you doing it? Don't, 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 don't ask that question. Just don't do it. Not good for you. Just do as I say, not as I do. True story. I wonder how many times do we go about in our religion telling people do as I say, not as I do. Because if they did what we did, then that may be, perhaps not be Christian. Just a thought. See, when we take all these do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts, I remember giving my life to Christ and it, I, I felt the weight of so many do's and don'ts. And people that love me, people that did it with with all good intentions, but I did not measure up. I cannot do it. And nobody told me that Jesus was supposed to carry the stuff. That's what Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30 say. Jesus says, take on my yoke and my burden for it's light. Right? We're not supposed to take men's burdens. What religion puts on you is the burden of God that is light. And he's the one that does the heavy lifting, church. So we've already went through, through four of these very specific religious mindsets. Number five, that wants to seek to hinder the kingdom is that it seeks to destroy the voice of the prophetic, the prophets and the apostles. How are you guys on number six? Oh, no. You guys are on number five. That's good. I just, have, I just see something else different over here. Don't turn around. Because <laughs> you got five up there. That's good. So it seeks to destroy the voices of the prophets and apostles. Why is that? See, the fivefold ministry, right? Pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles. Actually, it's backwards, but I'm switching them up a little bit. Why? Because we, we are okay with the voices of the pastors. We're okay with the voices of the teachers. We're very okay with the voices of the evangelists because that affects other things. But when you, we start dealing with the prophets and the apostles, they sometimes say things that make us uncomfortable. They sometimes say things that God wants to say to us directly and specifically. We don't like that because it messes with my comfort zone because it messes with direction. <laughs> I want to go this way. And you're asking me to go this way. No, I did not have any plans to go that way. And Jesus brings that up and says, you know what? You guys are such a hypocrite bunch. You're building this monument saying, hey, yeah, monument to this prophet and that prophet. But they say, you know what? The only prophet that you honor is a dead prophet because you actually agree with what, the, what your ancestors have done so what are we coming in agreement with church see the last the last point here 
the last thing, the last mindset, the last religious spirit that wants to hinder the kingdom. This is very, very crucial and important for us to, to keep in mind. It seeks to rob you of the word of God. It seeks to rob you of the word of God. See, verse 52 says, What sorrows await you, experts of, the relig- of religious law? For you remove the key to knowledge from the people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves and prevent and you prevent others from entering. This is the final blow. A religious mindset, a religious spirit wants to rob you of the word of God. See what the scribes did in those times. The only ones that could teach on the law, that could interpret the law, were those who were trained and authorized by them. So if you... We're not one of us. If you're not one of us, you have no idea, no clue as to what God is saying. We have to tell you. And I grew up under that religion. I grew up all my life growing up as a young man. We had a priest. He was the only one that carried the Bible. We had a priest and he was the only one that shared what the word interprets. Sometimes I didn't understand because he was reading the word and what he was saying, it didn't make sense to me. Like, mm, No. But we were trained under that religious spirit that, you know, it is what he says that counts. And when I started actually reading the word for myself and allowing the spirit of God to interpret it for me. uh, Some people that didn't like that. I really value people that actually have been gifted by God and they have a burden to actually go deeper into scriptures. I love them. I mean, we have some of those individuals here. I love to learn from people like that because God has given them a specific gift, a specific task and and, and actually a desire to seek and search for the deep things of God. But see, when we begin to think that our interpretation is the only one that counts and we are always right, uh, we may be drifting. Because see what Jesus says. And this is after resurrection. And Jesus comes out and he says this in Luke chapter 22, verse 44 and 45. Jesus says to them, when I when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and, and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. The Passion Translation says this about verse 45, chapter 24 of Luke. He supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of the scriptures. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key to understanding scripture. But then Jesus says this later in that chapter in in Luke 24, 49. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. What does that mean? He's saying to his disciples, see, I am your teacher now, but I'm leaving So you need someone else that will continue to teach you. You need the helper. You need the teacher. And we read that in John chapter 14, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to them, these things I have spoken to you while I'm with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all all that I have said to you. Good news, church. The Spirit of God is your teacher. The Spirit of God is my teacher. So let's recap. 
the religious mindset seeks to do these six things to make make you focus on the outward appearance to make you focus on wrong priority to make us focus on reputation instead of character to take on someone else's religious burden to destroy the voices of the prophets and the apostles and then to rob you of the word of god you please stand I think that there is a very specific reason why God keeps taking us as a family to these tough verses. I think that there are very, very specific verses to what God wants to do in us individually and through us as a family. See, we understand that We can't expect the world to see us as life changers and you know kingdom bringers if you will unless God is already doing something in us in that way. Now first I want to speak to those of you that that are here today and that everything that I've said today none of it makes sense. Because you have no relationship with Jesus. Yes, and maybe you grew up in religion. You grew up very much like I did, in an environment when you are told, "This is how you feel. This is how you behave." Because see, this is this is the thing about religion. Religion seeks to bring behavioral modific modification. It's about modifying behavior. That's what religion wants to do. This is how you act. And as far as I'm concerned, God did not send his only son to die for behavioral modification. He sent his son for heart transformation. He sent his son that you and I may be transformed from the inside out. See that we're like sweet smelling aroma unto God. But you're here today. You may have experienced religion in your life, but you have never experienced relationship with Christ. And I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to just lift your hands and just say, "I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to transform my heart, my mind, all of me, and I've given Him all." Let me see your hand, and this is going to be very simple. I see your hand. You don't have to pull it down. I see your hand. I see your hand, ma'am, sir. This is not as complicated as we want to make it to be. I made a choice. Nobody ever prayed with me when I gave my life to Jesus. I made a choice. And I told Jesus, "Change my heart, and I'll serve you for the rest of my life." So right now if that's you with your hand lifted high, you say, "Jesus, change my heart, and I will follow you." Father, thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of this people. Now as we move on there's many things that were shared I want to give an opportunity to respond again we don't respond with our head it's a deep response that causes us to move that causes us to actually act on something 
So if any of these things actually minister to you, make your way to this altars, sit with the Lord and just call upon him. And I'm going to be calling each one of these things out. If they speak to you, you come forward and you talk to the Lord. Lord, today we lay it on, we lay it all at your feet. Because my prayer is that one, that we are more concerned with the inside and not with the outward appearance. So if for a while we've been concerned about behavioral modification, about acting right, doing right, but you know that there's some things deep inside that need to change, just respond. Just go and lay it before the Lord, no matter who's looking, no matter who's thinking, no matter who has a different view of you. You need to have your priorities straight and prioritize what God thinks as important. He cannot be number two, number three, number four, number five. He has to be number one. And what he has called you to do has been in the forefront of your mind and do not run away from what you have. he has been calling you to do. If that's you, make your way forward. If you want to grow in your character, if you want to grow in your character by having the fruits of the Spirit being displayed in your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want the Spirit of God, the character of God to overflow from your life, then you respond. realize that you place in burdens of other people that are they cannot carry if you realize that you yourself have been burdened with with religious requirements that you cannot carry but you need to come to him that he may lift that weight of your shoulders come to the altar if you need to learn how to value the the prophetic voice and the apostolic voice that God will teach you more of what that means and how you can move in that way yourself Finally, if you see, if you want to allow Holy Spirit to be your teacher, if you want Holy Spirit to be the one that downloads the scriptures and, and as Jesus did to the disciple, actually unlocks this in your life, come forward. I'm going to pray and then Chris is going to lead us just through some verses. Father, I thank you for what you're doing even now. I thank you, O oh God, that your word is alive. I thank you, Lord, that you have pierced our hearts and our minds this morning. Lord, I thank you that your people are responding. And I thank you, God, that we lay it all at your feet, God. We want what you want. We desire what you desire. Oh, God, we, want, we don't care about what others may think of us. But we want to know. We want to see. And we want to be sensitive to what you feel, how you feel about us and our character. Oh, God, may we be more concerned about our character than our reputation, God. God, I pray that the, the apostolic and the, and, and the prophetic voices in this house and in the church, oh, God, will rise up. That we may have ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Oh, God, we say, yes, teach us by your spirit, Lord. Yes, teach us by your spirit.